This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. today and everyone that's joining in. Thanks for choosing to wake up and tune in and get online, whether you're in your kitchen or your living room or driving down the road or perhaps you're out in the beautiful weather and you went camping this week, whatever it may be. I just want you to know I'm thankful that you're a part of this and uh, just prayed for you actually before I came up to speak and, and I was praying God's authority over your life and I was declaring God's kingdom greater than the enemy's kingdom, that light dispels darkness and I declared your family, your home, your space as God's space, that the enemy doesn't have control of that space and I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for all that God is doing in the church and I believe the best is still yet to come. You know, this has been a crazy week, and uh, I think we, we turned a corner in our, in our society. There's things that have changed, and uh, when there's a, a, a change, uh, there's, there's, a, uh, there's feelings that come with that. There's different ramifications for how individuals and families are, are grappling with the information of what's going on since the p- pandemic broke out. Well, this week, there's just some change. Uh, I began to see some signs, for example, in our neighborhoods uh, where uh, graduating high school seniors, uh, just celebrating them because they're not going to have their, their ending that like every other senior class has done for generations. And, and they're not going to get the celebration. And I just want to celebrate all of you that are graduating, the college graduates as well as high school graduates. Woo-hoo! You guys are amazing. And uh, we're cheering for you. And we really believe that even though this has been a challenging time, good things are around the corner for you and for me. But I've also noticed that in society there's been a, a shifting in as businesses, some are open and others aren't, and the governor uh, declared uh, the, an extension to the stay-at-home order. And by the way, Emmanuel is going to continue to have online church. We're not shutting the church down. God is still at work, and uh, we're prepping and planning for the phases of re-entry that are around the corner when they come and we're allowed to step into that space. We're not going to be caught by surprise. I am so ready to worship at each of those phases with you. And I know that there are many different vantage points for how people uh, look at that and look at the thought of going back into contact with other people. There's fear. There's concerns. This week I found myself in a, in a place where I actually got a little... I was angry or frustrated just by the situation around me. And it's doing things on the inside of us, in our head, in our heart. And I mean, even this week, the shift was into do I wear a face mask or not? And then, of course, there's all kinds of debates about that and, and what, what does it mean and, and there's haves and haves nots and you're either for me or you're against me and now we're seeing contentiousness between people in our society. And who do we believe anyways? I mean, there's so many facts and different reports that are out there, different states are handling things different ways and, and what do we believe? And, and I, I think we have to be careful because some Christians are abandoning their core values in this season of just honor. You know, honoring people, honoring authority. We can be disagreeable in a sense with, or disagree with some things, but we don't have to be disagreeable with the people that are involved. And I want to challenge you to not lose your core values in the middle of your frustrations. 
But I, I also have had many conversations with young families, and their filter that they're listening to and observing this is very different than older generations and, and what they're seeing and what they're experiencing. And, and there's just a lot of questions, even within the church family, about who do we believe, who do we trust, what do we do next? And uh, as I was praying about this last night, God gave me just some thoughts, and I want to share those thoughts with you before I dive into the text and I, I want you to hear, as I was praying, God began to drop some things in my heart. This is what I wrote. I pastor five generations, and each generation is living with a different filter. The younger generations believe it's better to be safe, even if it means losing freedoms and longer restrictions. And I think that's because many times they have plenty of time to make up whatever they lose. The older generations that lived through seasons like the Cold War are noticing some inconsistencies of the societal lockdowns, and they also have less time to live, and they view time differently, and they want to live now. Now, I think the result is that generations can be pitted against each other. Emmanuel, we will live with full of faith and honor our authorities in the land at the same time. We're also a partner in the communities that Emmanuel has placed, God has placed us in. And I don't want to burn our bridge to the world around us while we're winning arguments. I want the people of our church, I want you to live courageously and wisely. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying to you? There's plenty of voices out there, but you must lock in and learn to listen to the voice of the Spirit yourself and obey him. Not fear and listen to fear and not listen to foolishness. This is not a time for the church to cherish safety more than mission. Read Hebrews 11 and you'll see that the early church laid it all on the line for the sake of the mission. Be careful, but don't be fearful. Be ready for the Spirit to place you in a, in a place where his signs and wonders awaken the generations around you. This is your finest hour. Don't miss it. And don't confuse the differences of opinions among other Christians to be your enemy. Know the battle that you're feeling is in the high places. Stand your ground and wield the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. I love you. So that's what God was speaking to me about you as a church. And I want you to listen to the voice of the Spirit, not just all the voices that are around you. And this is what makes our series so important. Jesus' words in this series, blessed are those that do certain things, are appropriate for right now. Jesus was offering a different view, an upside-down view, if you will, a different way to live than everyone else was living around in that day. And I believe that he will give us the ability to be responsible, to be, have responsibility in a season like this. So we know what we can do. And he didn't take the typical approach, but he did say that anyone can participate in the benefits of the kingdom at all seasons of life. Okay, hashtag blessed, part three, inside out, inside out. Matthew chapter 5. We're moving on in the Beatitudes, the statements that Jesus was making on the mountain there. In verse 7, it says this, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, 
for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. I believe that there could not be a more profound section of Jesus' words to cover than this one today. Jesus clearly states that he blesses people who act, who show mercy, they get mercy back, who work for peace, and then they look like their father or they're part of the family. They've got dad's eyes, if you will. All of those are actions, but they're impossible without verse 8 sandwiched in the middle. It says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. They will hear God. They will understand what God is saying to them in the moment. And he says that the purity of heart is what enables us to see. I love how the Message Bible says that same verse. It says it this way. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Isn't that good? God does that. When you get your inside world, your heart and your mind right, then you can see God in the outside world. You see, everyone has an inside me and an outside me. And that means a whole lot of things during a quarantine, doesn't it? You're inside the house you and you're outside the house you. But I think it's even more what's going on between your ears, what's going on in the heart, the inner part of who you are. Most of life is spent working on the outside, image management, determining what other people see on the outside. But the biblical heart is the mind and the thoughts, the emotions and the will. It's the control room of your life. Actions flow out of whatever happens on the inside. Jesus said it this way. He said, he said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's going on on the inside affects the actions on the outside. In Matthew 12, Jesus said this, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. And Jesus, of course, he says there's something going on on the inside, either for the good or the bad. And he throws in there, there's a judgment on the other side for whatever does happen in here. Don't miss this in the middle of where we're at in this season. This is not the only life there is. There is another life to come. There is a moment when all of us will stand before God. And uh, when a season like this happens and it's worldwide, it makes you think and to study the scripture and to consider what are the prophecies saying? What does this mean about the end times? Well, don't get worried about the end times. Be more concerned about what's going on inside your heart so you're ready when you do get judged, when you do give an account for what's going on in the heart. The heart needs rescue. Without God, we're lost. Jeremiah 17 was speaking of the heart, and he says it this way. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? 
But the truth is, the beauty of Jesus and the gospel is Jesus came to the earth to rescue those things that we don't even like on the inside. He comes to set us free. He comes to give us a new life. Jesus didn't want us to remain all dark and dreary and worried on the inside. No, Jesus came to open the, the, the prison doors, if you will, and to let that stuff out so that we can be free on the inside, not just on the outside. A pure heart means that a person is wholly trusting in God. Because God has shown you mercy. You are new. You're forgiven. And a person who learns to trust in God doesn't mean that your heart is perfect. It just means that you learn to surrender and dedicate all the parts of your heart to him. We're complicated people. In fact, I would guess that while I've been talking, your mind at one point or another has left this message and thought about something else. Maybe it's a two-year-old that's running around in your living room right now. Or, or maybe it's a thought about something that's coming up. Or maybe when I talked about face masks, you're like, oh, shoot, i got to get a face mask before I go to Menards this afternoon. Or whatever it may be, your mind went somewhere else. We're complicated people. I'm not saying that all of a sudden you become super focused and everything is like really great. What I'm saying is even the broken different parts of you, if you dedicate those to God, you can have a pure heart. If you feel like you're a bunch of pieces, give them all to God. Not just one part of your life, not just Sunday morning or not just a little bit of you, but if you dedicate it all to him. And when you have that kind of heart, a pure heart can love the people that are around you. I don't know if you were challenged this week like I was. There's just moments when you're frustrated. How do you then turn and love the people that are closest to you? They're button pushers all around us, aren't they? I mean, people are like, they know how to push our buttons, whether we're scrolling through so, social media or we, we're, we're, we're driving to, to get groceries or some, there's a long line somewhere. And, and whatever it may be, those buttons are pushed. How do you love? Well, a pure heart can love even in difficult, stressful situations. I love what 1 Timothy 1.5, Paul says this, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. You cannot love without keeping your heart pure. You have to keep your heart pure or else you won't be able to love. Pure hearts love, and they are secure. They don't need someone else's acceptance in order to feel good about themselves. And they seek after what God wants, and ultimately, their acceptance comes from him. And we are commanded to purify our own hearts. If you're with somebody right now, just tell them, it, uh, it's not your responsibility. i got to purify my own heart. <laughs> i got to purify my own heart. That's not somebody else's job. That's not the governor's job. It's not the pastor's job. It's not your sweet uh, auntie who prays for you every day's job. You have to be able to pray and purify yourself. That's our responsibility. James 4.8. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. 
Ah, that's where the tension is, right? Because sometimes we're more loyal to the world around us, more concerned about what they're doing. And James says, you know, purify, purify your heart so that you're not as loyal to the world, you're loyal to God. In order to see and hear God in a confused generation, we must purify our hearts and acknowledge that we may have some divided loyalties. We might be listening to other voices. Other people are beginning to have an impact on what's going on on the inside of here. You know, I, I think we can look at the outside sometimes. Jesus said you can look at the fruit of a tree and, and discern what's going on in the tree. And sometimes the things start coming out of us and we start saying certain things that are judgmental or hurtful or painful to other people. That might be an indicator that on the inside some other voice is getting more influence on us than the voice of God. So how are you doing at guarding your heart? Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. All right, let me move back into Matthew 5 here in a second. Because when your heart is pure, you will do two things, Jesus says. It moves from the inside out. The first one is this, be merciful. Look at verse 7. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. You deserve punishment. You deserve something. But instead, the person, God, chooses to give you mercy instead. Aren't you thankful that we aren't getting what we deserve? That God loves us so much that he gave up his son for us? That we didn't get what we deserve because Jesus took it all? And that mercy is something that we are to give to others. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. To Jesus, forgiveness, judging, and mercy are interchangeable. In other words, we have to learn to forgive, not judge. Uh, and we have to learn to do that. That's where mercy comes in. Mercy comes into that judgment space. Mercy comes into that space of forgiveness. Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, Jesus says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the message you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I've got a measuring cup here. And, uh, and uh, with the measuring cup, I've got some, some coffee here. Now, for me, coffee is anointing sometimes. <laughs> coffee plus the Holy Spirit, great things, right? And uh, just pray for me. Just pray for me. Um, but Jesus was saying this. He's saying the measure, how much mercy you show, and this is to anyone, it will come back to you. So if you choose to go, you know what? I kind of like this person. I'm just going to use this much. I got a little bit more I could have used, but I'm going to do so. I'm going I'm to let them off the hook and you show this. God comes back around. And when we're asking for forgiveness and we mess up, whatever we've done to other people, guess what? That's what ends up getting poured over us. And we don't get what we could have gotten if we had given more. In other words, how much do you want? How much do you want to give to somebody else? If you're in a place right now, you're like, but they deserve to be judged. Absolutely, that's what mercy is all about. Yeah, they're wrong. They got the wrong facts. They're not making the decision you want them to make. Maybe they're ticking you off. I get it. I get it. 
But whatever amount of mercy you show them next determines what will come back on you. Measure your future as your heart goes, so goes your future. How you measure and dish it out. Listen, we judge leaders and people who have a difference of opinion, people who hurt us and ignore us, but whatever we do towards them will be used over us. This is why, friends, please listen to me. You need to forgive people now. You got to do it now. Don't put it off any longer. And God will help you. You may get on your knees and go, I don't know how to do this, Lord. That's a piece of your heart. But you give that piece to God, and then you step out and you choose to take the action of forgiveness. Guess what ends up flooding your soul instead of this brokenness, tension, and anger that spills out on other people. Now all of a sudden, love comes out because you've allowed the peace of God into your heart. Forgiveness requires us to see others as people, not as objects. You know, uh, there's been different moments in my story that I've been able to come across a lot of different inf information. And as I've grown as a leader and then as an executive leader, overseeing different things in two of my jobs, I've added more stress onto my emotional skeleton, and it's been bowing under the weight. And so I've ha been on a search to, to find ways to deal with stress and how to manage my life, and how to handle those things that come to me. And uh, of course, along the way, I've, 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 I've researched different things. There's a whole clinic at Mayo Clinic uh, that's about stress and the stress management, and um, they've got a whole lot of medical issues that are laid out. You know, if you don't learn to deal with what's on the inside of you, and forgiveness and unforgiveness is a part of this, you don't do it, it will work its way out in your body. And uh, literally, uh, people get all forms of different kind of diseases and depression and all kinds of things. And it all the root of it all comes back to what you do with your heart. And so if you can learn to follow what the Bible is saying and turn it over to God, your health might be better. Your relationships might be better. You might have a greater disposition towards the world around you simply because you listen to what the Bible says and what Jesus said. God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. The second thing that Jesus says will be an action out of a heart that is pure is that we will be a peacemaker. He said, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. You know, peace, uh, what, what is peace? Peace is taking those things that are broken or dysfunctional and putting them back together again. In a practical sense for what's going on in your own head, in your heart, when you just can't feel okay because it feels like everything is uncertain and things are swimming around you and you don't know what's going to happen next. You're not secure. You don't feel strong. You're kind of separated. Peace has a way of pulling it all together. And biblical peace, by the way, doesn't require your understanding. It bypasses your understanding. And it enables you to be strong even if the storm still rages around you. And peace is putting things back together. But Jesus says, not only are you in a state of peace, but that you are to step out and be a peacemaker. It's an action step to the things that are broken around you, from the inside out to the world that is around you. Peace is doing that. And you can't make peace 
without having a heart of peace. A heart of peace is acceptance into God's family, and and there's security in that. A heart of peace can handle the storms outside, and a heart of peace is not afraid of death. This is a really big deal right now. In the middle of a pandemic, we can be smart, but we must be full of faith. And church, I want you to know God is not calling us, not calling us to hunker down and be afraid of death. No, when you're a Christian, you are going to live forever. You're going to follow Jesus into eternity. You cannot live in a state of death or worry about your kids and the death of your kids or anything like that. You have got to learn to bring that peace into your heart so that you can be a peacemaker to your family. It says of the church in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. I think it's time for us to shake off the fear that is coming at the entire world right now, and people are afraid of dying, and they're not living in this day. Friends, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you right now. You can live today. Death can't own you. Jesus canceled the power of death, hell, and the grave when he snatched the keys to death and life. When you've got Jesus, you don't have to live with the fear of death. Come on, somebody. You've got to embrace the truth of God's world, not the fear of of social media, and the news that's all around us that are afraid of temporary things. Be an eternal Christian, full of the power and the faith that God gives you. Today, I believe that God is calling us to believe and trust in Jesus. He holds our future, and he is coming back, and he is already one. A heart of war is always in conflict with others. Don't let a heart of war take over you as a Christian. Looking to prove others wrong, taking the bait of distraction, sometimes seeing yourself as a victim or being unwilling to be a part of a solution. And some people, they refuse to see others as people in need of mercy. I'm calling our church to be strong, to stand for truth, but to not throw stones or to be angry at the world that is around us. I'm calling you to be a Christian who follows God's word and be a peacemaker, not have a heart of war. How does that practically play out? Well, this is my favorite verse of all time. I preach it regularly here at this church, and if you haven't heard it yet, it's Ephesians 4.29. In Ephesians 4.29, it says this, don't use foul or abusive language, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. What you think of Ephesians 4.29 as a, a, a time in a, in a day, 4.29. And I want you to consider that it is 4.29 at any moment of the day, at any moment of any day, of any month, of any year. It's always time to not use follow or abusive language, to let everything we say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. 
What's coming out of your mouth? What are you posting on social media? What are you sharing with other people? Is it building them up or is it tearing them down? Is it tearing down somebody else or are you showing them mercy instead? Mercy is not giving somebody something they do deserve. And Ephesians 4.29 is a big deal. In fact, I wanna challenge you today. Anytime that you hear somebody else just declare something that is, is negative or tearing down somebody else, just say, excuse me, what time is it? What time is it? Uh, it's, no, it's 4.29. It's always 4.29. It's time to build others up, to use encouraging words. Today it's time to take our hearts to the Lord so that we can step out and show mercy as we seek to bring the broken things together as peacemakers. Listen to what the psalmist said and how the psalmist says this to God. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming to you because I don't have peace. I want your peace in my life. I'm coming to you because the people around me don't have peace. I'm coming to you because you alone are my source of strength, my hope in my time of need. I'm coming to you, and that's why we have to seek God. We can say, Lord, be merciful on me. Look into my heart. See into me so that I can see you. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I trust you, Lord. You're, you're going to weave everything together. I don't know how, but the victory is yours, and I'll leave the problems around me in your hands. I'll be a peacemaker, and I'll step in and love those you call me to love. In a moment, we're going to sing to the, to, the, to the Lord, and we're going to say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm bringing my heart to you. But before we do, I want to stop because there may be somebody that's listening or watching right now, and you're, you're listening right now, and God is beginning to speak to your heart. I, I don't know how he does it, but he does it all the time. And he begins to talk directly to people, and they're sitting there, and they're watching, and something else happens. It's not just a preacher talking. Now, all of a sudden, it's a God conversation to your heart. And you're recognizing right now that you need God. You need something. You need change. You need transformation. And maybe you never had a relationship with God before, and you can know him right now. You don't get your heart right first. You bring your heart to him as it is, as a sinner. And he forgives you of sin, and he makes you new, and he gives you a new heart, a new soul. He gives you a new story, and he helps you make it into things that you couldn't on your own. Or maybe you once walked with God and you've lost your peace, you've lost your joy, and you have not been walking with God and God is calling you home. I want to pray with you. No matter who you are out there and you need to get right with Jesus, you need to bring your heart to him right now. You need to surrender to him. Take all the pieces and bring it to him. I want to pray with you. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You can pray it out loud. I'm just going to pray it and you can pray, pray it wherever you're at or maybe under your breath, wherever you are. Just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth, you died on the cross for my sin, and then you rose from the dead, and I know you're alive. Today, I give you my heart. I ask you to take over and be my leader and make me new. I'm yours for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, and I know I may be only talking to one person right now. I don't know whoever you are. You're valuable to me and you're valuable to God. If you could do this, I want you to stay on the journey because I want you to know that the peace of God can be a part of your story every day for the rest of your life. And I want you to take the next step of following Jesus. And if you could, just take your phone out and text the word Emmanuel, the 313131, and I'll send you some next step uh, links that will help you right now in, in following Jesus. And I want you to make it in your journey. So excited. All of heaven is partying because even one person came home today. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.